On this Pentecost Sunday, our scripture lesson comes from the Acts of the Apostles, which happens to be the second volume of the Gospel of Luke, the same community learning from the teachings of Jesus, according to that particular gospel writer, writes this second volume to tell of all of the things going on in the lives of the apostles that were following Jesus. So we begin our scripture at Acts of the Apostles, the second chapter, the first 21 verses. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they all met in one room. Suddenly, the disciples and the apostles and all that were gathered there heard what sounded like a violent rushing wind from heaven. The noise filled the entire house in which they were sitting. Something appeared to them like tongues of fire. These separated and they came to rest on the head of each one. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as she enabled them. Now there were devout people living in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, they all assembled. But they were bewildered to hear their native languages being spoken. They were amazed and astonished. Surely all of these people speaking are Galileans. How does it happen that each of us hears these words in our native tongue? We are Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and all of the parts of Libya around Cyrene, as well as visitors from Rome, all Jews or converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs too. We hear them preaching, each in their own language, about the marvels of God. All were amazed and a little bit disturbed. They asked each other, what does this mean? But others said mockingly, they have drunk too much new wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and addressed the crowd. Women and men of Judea and all of you who live in Jerusalem, listen to what I have to say. These people are not drunk as you think. It is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, what you hear is what Joel the prophet spoke of. In the days to come, it is our God who speaks. I will pour out my spirit on all humankind. Your daughters and sons will prophesy. Your young people will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even on the most insignificant of my people, both women and men, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And I will display wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon will become blood before the coming of the great and sublime day of our God. And all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's so many things that rise up from this account, this incredible and amazing account of this thing that is happening when the apostles and the disciples and all of these followers of Jesus and people from all over the world are gathered together. 
very, very recently that the resurrected Jesus has ascended up into the clouds in front of all those that are gathered together. And the disciples are left sort of wondering what comes next and what to do and how to go about being the the people that Jesus had trained them to be, how to keep following these teachings now that Jesus' physical presence was gone. And Jesus, the Gospel of John tells us, had promised his disciples and his followers and all of those that were gathered around him that that God would send someone, someone to advocate for them, someone to help them and inspire them and be with them, a comforter. And there's all of these really, really beautiful names and titles and roles that are going to be filled. And It comes, I imagine, as some sort of a surprise that all of those roles are to be filled by this mysterious, hard-to-understand Holy Spirit. Here is this Holy Spirit magnified in, in wind and in breath and in fire. And all of these people are gathered together and they have been thinking and wondering and trying to determine what it is they're supposed to do next with this this great commission Jesus has left them, this this great opportunity to, to proclaim the good news of God's abundant love and radical hospitality. And then this happens. They're all gathered together and then all of a sudden there's this loud noise and this rushing wind and there's this image of these, these tongues of fire that are resting on the heads of all of those that are gathered together. But the most amazing thing is that there's this understanding that comes about. They're all speaking in these different languages, and yet they still seem to understand each other. And that's the thing that I find so amazing about this particular story. Sure, we can talk about all of the ways that the Holy Spirit is is hard to understand and mysterious and all of the ways that the Holy Spirit comes with creativity to empower and inspire us. But this one particular amazing thing that the Holy Spirit does is that there are all these people gathered together and they are hearing different languages, but they are still understanding one another. And how beautiful a picture is that for our world today? We can't deny that our our communities and our country and our world is in a state of division. Enmity is something that everyone can understand. There are people who we don't understand, we don't agree with, we, we don't speak the same language, whether it's speaking English or Arabic or French or Spanish or, or, or a literal language, or whether it's speaking the language of values speaking the language of science, speaking the language of the things over which we disagree. That's what I think the Pentecost miracle is. Not that there were these different literal languages being spoken and understood, but there were also this this symbolism of this unity in diversity. And as we have considered, as I know I've preached about many, many Pentecosts before, That is what our world needs, this unity in diversity, this opportunity to understand one another, even when we're speaking different languages. And that's one of these amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's it's incredible that the Holy Spirit 
comes and is working to breathe new life into our communities and into our world. There's a story in the Hebrew Bible that comes to us from the prophet Ezekiel, where we hear about the ways that the Holy Spirit comes over this valley of dry and desolate and dead bones, this valley of bones that is, there's no life to it at all. And Ezekiel goes, listens to the word of God and the Holy Spirit appears and the Holy Spirit breathes new life and these dry bones come to life. New life is breathed into them and they go about, they come, they have life and there's sinew and muscle and structure and this breath of life that the Holy Spirit brings, it enables these dry bones to go out into the world and to do good and amazing things. The Holy Spirit is blowing through our lives. The Holy Spirit was given to the apostles and the followers of Jesus in Pentecost centuries, millennia ago, and the Holy Spirit is still blowing through our lives this very moment. The Holy Spirit is in you. It is in me. It is the Holy Spirit that whispers to us in the quietude when we are drawn towards something. And it's the Holy Spirit that speaks loudly and powerfully with whooshing noises like we heard in our scripture this morning. The Holy Spirit is present to inspire us and empower us and breathe new life into us. And so we have the opportunity to harness that power, to harness the power of the Holy Spirit just like this wind energy, these wind turbines that are, are have been around for a while and are, are becoming more trendy and, and more prevalent in the news. There's an opportunity for us, for we followers of Jesus, to harness the power of the wind. We can be Holy Spirit wind turbines that can help God, help the ministry, help the beloved community in our midst to experience the new life of the Holy Spirit that's being breathed into us and through us and into our entire lives. We have this opportunity to channel that to breathe new life into our own journeys of faith and into all of those around us, to breathe new life into our communities by being about the work, the work that God's called us to do, the work of justice and the work of proclaiming God's abundant love and radical hospitality. When we think of this Holy Spirit wind of the life that's breathed into the dry bones in the valley that Ezekiel speaks of, when we think of the Holy Spirit fire of Pentecost, we are put in front of this picture of the power of the Holy Spirit, a power that can bring about new life, a power that can transform, a power that can empower and inspire us. So may we be these channels of the Holy Spirit. May we embrace this day of Pentecost and be channels of the Holy Spirit, not just today, but every day. May we take every opportunity to be inspired by the Holy Spirit, to listen for the Holy Spirit in the quiet moments and in the loud moments, to feel the breath and the wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives and to proclaim the power of that Holy Spirit in our midst as we build God's beloved community all around us.
Holy Spirit, be poured out upon us, empower us, and inspire us this day and forevermore. May this be so. Amen.